Last week I talked to you about storms. Anybody remember? Anybody have any storms this week? You know what I say? If you didn't have one right now, well, just give it a little while. It'll come to you. Because storms are just part of life. We all have storms. And I just want you to know that tonight's message, it also is for everybody. We have all kinds of battles and all kinds of storms, all kinds of struggles, all kinds of disappointments, all kinds of hurts, and all kinds of failures. And sometimes we just have to shake it off. I know that sounds a little simplistic to you, but I just want to encourage you tonight that we need to get the right attitude when trouble and heartache comes our way. And sometimes you're just going to have to shake it off. You know, everybody that ever played football has heard that phrase before, shake it off. Because when a kid gets hit real hard, knocked down, maybe bruised, you know, as long as they're not hurt too bad, the coach says, just shake it off, just shake it off. You know what else? They also say shake it off sometimes when somebody dropped the ball or somebody just didn't make the play. And, and they say, shake it off, shake it off. And what they're saying to those athletes is they're saying, hey, that's past us now. We got to move on. Got to get ready for the next play. And I'm just telling you tonight that in the game of life, and I know you're saying it ain't a game, but in the game of life, sometimes you just got to make up your mind. I'm going to get past this. I'm going to go on with God. I'm going to shake this off so I'm ready for what God has next. You got to get there. And sometimes, it, you know, our natural tendency is for us to dwell on the hurts and the disappointments and even the failures. And we need to learn that by the grace of God, see, we're not doing this just on our own, our own strength, but it's by the grace of God that we can put that behind us and we can move on to what God has for us, whether it's the hurts of the past or the disappointments or our own failures, by the grace of God, we can put it behind us. You know, when you're mistreated, rejected, falsely accused, anybody ever been there? When you're attacked by the enemy in your finances or in your body or maybe it's in your family, you know, those kinds of things, it, it, it hurts us in our soul. It's, it's not a physical thing, but it's a, it's a thing that hurts us in our soul. And I want you to understand tonight that I'm not belittling those kinds of things by any means. I've been there. I've been through those things. I'm one of you. See, this is universal to all of us. We all go through these things. But I'm going to testify and tell you that we can overcome. We can put those things behind us. We can learn to shake it off. And part of the message tonight, I, I want to focus on ministry because all of us in the body of Christ are a part of the body of Christ. And all of us have a purpose and a function in the body of Christ. Each one of us has a gift some way that God wants to use us in the body of Christ. And I, I really believe that the message applies in every area of our life tonight. But I just want to focus on this a little bit because I know that the enemy of our soul, you know, he would like to take us out. But if he can't take you out, he just wants to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. 
I mean, if he can do that, he doesn't really care if he can take you out or not, as long as he can keep you from fulfilling the plan and the purpose, the cause, the will of God in your life. We got to overcome. Jesus told the disciples when they went to minister somewhere that if they weren't received, when they left, they were to shake the dust off of their feet. And it was, in a sense, a, a sign of judgment that was to come on those places because Jesus said that it was going to be better for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for those people. And so if they rejected them and rejected the gospel, Jesus was saying that they were to shake the dust off their feet. It was a sign of judgment. But it also was a way for them to put behind them, they're shaking the dust off their feet. They're shaking it off. They're putting behind them that rejection, the hurt, the disappointment, and even the failure. And see, here's the thing. If you ever are involved in ministry at all, you get to experience those. Hurt, rejection, failure, disappointment, oh, they all come to you. No matter what you do, you get involved, you get very involved, and it's going to come to you. And this is why so many people get to the place where they don't want to be involved. You got to learn to shake it off. When somebody rejects you, somebody doesn't, you know, won't listen, somebody won't allow you to help them, maybe you fail in some way, you feel like you messed up, you got to shake that off so you can go on to what God has next. By the grace of God, you keep going. If we don't shake those things off, it'll hinder our effectiveness for God. And, you know, there's so many people in the body of Christ that are no longer serving. And I say it that way because at one time they did. Okay, I have to say it this way because I hear it this way a whole lot. And I, I've talked about this before, and, and I just want to tell you, if I offend you, shake it off, okay? <laughs> just shake it off. But I hear this a lot where people say, I used to. Okay. Thank God for that. But what are you doing now? Because God's not done with you. And you can't let those hurts and disappointments, rejections, or even failures keep you from what God wants to do in your life and through your life now. All of us ever involved in ministry have opportunities to get offended. In fact, well, it's just part of life all of us, whether you're involved in ministry or not, you're going to have opportunities to get offended. There's no way around it. Jesus said, offenses will come. He didn't say maybe. He said, offenses will come. Jesus got it right. Anybody been offended today? I mean, if you drive in DFW, you can get a, a, you know, an opportunity to be offended, uh, sometimes just on the way to church. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get offended at your spouse. You, you can get offended 
watching the news. You, you can get offended. We just have lots and lots and lots of opportunities to get offended. I find there's even more when you live in a crowded place like DFW where you're rubbing shoulders with people sometimes literally. I mean, there's just so many people, you know, and there's a lot of rude and mean and ugly people in this world that will offend you. But let me tell you how a lot of those rude and mean and ugly people got that way. Offense. And if you don't learn to not take offense, you'll end up like one of those people. It's, it's impossible, Jesus said, but that offenses will come. They will come. But you don't have to take offense. You don't have to get offended all the time. You don't allow, have to allow it to get the best of you. You don't have to take that down into your soul. Instead, you choose to forgive and you turn that wrong over to the Lord. You know what? If we're actually going to do that, if we're actually going to say, okay, Lord, I'm going I'm to forgive this. I'm turning it over to you. You know what would happen to a whole lot of that? Well, we just decide that it wasn't even worth praying about. We should have just shake it off and go on. Am I right? I mean, a lot of the time we get offended over the littlest, dumbest things. There's big things. There's enough big things that come along. But sometimes we just get offended over the littlest, dumbest things. It's not even worth turning and, for, and asking the Lord to help us to forgive. We just need to let it go and forgive it and be done with it. But even when it's something big, we need to make that choice to turn it over to God and to forgive it. You know, I don't know, everybody's wired different. And for me, when some big wrong has been done to me, by the grace of God until now, I've always been able to just turn that over to God. And I know that God's going to take care of me. And I know that God's going to take care of that person. But the weakness for me sometimes is in the little things, in the daily offenses, that sometimes I don't really turn those over to the Lord, but I don't let go of them either. I just kind of hold it. And those little things add up and add up and you get frustrated and sometimes you get angry and you end up being something different than what you want to be. And I'm just telling you that we need to learn not to take offense. We've got to be diligent to turn those things over to the Lord and not take offense. Proverbs 4.23 says, to guard our heart with all diligence because our life flows out of our heart. You can't let all that negative stuff get down in your heart. you got to guard your heart. Yeah, offenses are going to come, but you don't have to take that offense down in your heart. You know, we all know that words can hurt. But when people say unkind things to us, you don't have to take that inside. You don't have to take offense. You know, offense comes knocking at your door. Don't open that door and say, come on in. You say, no, sorry, I'm not taking offense today. And here's one of the things that helps me sometimes is, you know, when somebody's being ugly or did me wrong. You know what? It's not my problem. It's their problem. 
my problem is when I take offense and then I don't do right. And I just want to encourage you tonight that sometimes when offenses come, you just need to shake it off and go on. You know, just let the Holy Spirit help you and give you the strength that you need. And, you know, I've, I know that sometimes when people say things that hurt, uh, it, the reason it hurts so bad is because there's a little bit of truth in it. Right? Y'all don't get quiet on me now. I know where you live. I live right there with you. You know, it's some, you know, they say something and sometimes we protest, protest, we protest too much, right? I mean, there's a little bit, just enough truth in it to make it really sting. And you know what you need to do? Take correction, but don't take offense. Even if it was, even if it came through an ugly vessel. Oh yeah, sometimes, sometimes criticism it can have a ring of truth in it and have some correction in it, maybe some things that we need to hear. We'll take the good out of it, you know, and just let the rest of it go. But don't take offense. Disappointment can be such a painful experience. Everybody has disappointments, especially if you've ever tried to do anything for God. Felt like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing but just didn't work or worse yet, maybe it blew up on you. And some people quit. It just gets the best of them. They don't shake it off. You got to shake it off. And when you shake it off, you're making a choice to move forward. Don't let something that happened in your past keep you from the future God has for you. Paul says this in Philippians 3.13 really clearly. He says, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. Forgetting about the past. One thing I do, he says, I'm forgetting about the past and I'm reaching forward to the things which are ahead. So all of us have a past. Maybe a bunch of would've, should'ves, and could'ves. You got to forget about that. And move on with God, reaching forward to the things that God has for you ahead. You know what the Apostle Paul, when he says this, he he has had quite a past. I mean, persecuting Christians, having them thrown into prison, stood by and watched as they stoned Stephen to death, the first martyr. And then, as a believer... He himself is stoned twice. And he's whipped and beaten, suffered all kinds of persecution, so much that he went through. I mean, he's the one saying, one thing I do, I forget about the past. I'm reaching forward to the things which are ahead. You know, everybody that's ever succeeded has had failures and setbacks. We need to realize that sometimes what looked like a failure or a setback is just a step in the process of preparing us for bigger things. You know, one of the most amazing stories of the Bible is the story of Joseph, how God gave him as a young man, gave him two dreams of how he was going to be raised up to a great position of authority. And then... He tells his brothers about it. They already hated him. Now they just hate him all the more. And so some of them want to kill him. But they end up selling him as a slave. 
Now, you could just stop the story right there for most people. I mean, you talk about a messed up family. Your family hates you so much that they want to kill you, but they decide to spare you and sell you into slavery. That would be the end of most people's story because they would have become so offended and so bitter and angry at the world, you'd have never heard about them again. But somehow, this guy Joseph, he goes on with God. And then he's accused by his boss's wife, his master's wife, of impropriety. And he's thrown into prison. It just goes from bad to worse for this guy. But he still didn't get bitter. He still didn't allow it to get down inside his soul and turn him away from God. And finally, God brings him out of the prison and he becomes second in Egypt. And God uses him to feed the whole known world through a famine. And I'm just telling you that, you see, if he would have gotten bitter, if he would have just taken offense and allowed it down in his heart, that would have been the end of his story. And here it is, for so many people, if you don't learn to forgive and let it go and turn it over to God, if you don't learn to just shake it off, it can be the end of your story. Don't let it be the end of your story. God has more for you, but you got to trust him. you got to believe him. you got to handle those things right. And that is that you turn it over to God and you trust God. You know, we didn't realize that hurt and disappointment, the attack of the devil, those things can't stop you. Those things cannot keep you from victory because our God is bigger than that. We're called to live by faith. Faith is not just for fair weather, right? I mean, we talked about storms last week. It's not just for the fair weather. It's for the stormy times. It's when you're really going through a dark place in life. Faith is how we overcome. 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We got to keep our faith and we got to keep it built up with the word of God because we're in spiritual battles all the time and we have opportunities to get hurt we have opportunities to get sidelined all the time so we got to stay strong in our faith Ephesians 6 16 says this above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one Now, he's talking about the armor of God here in Ephesians chapter 6. And then he says this, above all. That means of all the armor of God, here's the most important piece, he says. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. There is an adversary, an enemy who is after you. And it comes at us in a thousand different ways. I'm telling you, Satan, the schemer, is always working against us. And so often he uses other people. He incites people to do wicked, hurtful things. But there's a shield of faith with which you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We need to trust God and believe him. I'm telling you, faith is for the battle. 
Whatever Satan throws at us, we need to know that our God is bigger, that nothing can separate us from his love, that in all things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that doesn't mean that we don't get hurt. That doesn't mean that we don't have trouble. Listen, we all get hurt. But it's how you handle it that will determine whether you win or lose. Whether you handle it by faith or you take those things down in your soul and allow them to destroy you. We either respond in fear and doubt or we respond in faith. You know, one of the things that happens when we respond with fear and doubt, and I know what I'm talking about. I learned, I learned a lot of these things the hard way, all right? You don't have to. Although most of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. You see, when we respond with fear and doubt, what ends up happening is we feel sorry for ourselves. But when we really believe that God's got this, we don't have to feel sorry for ourselves. We don't have anything to feel sorry for ourselves about because we believe that our God is going to take care of this. That our God is going to bring us through to victory. We're going to come out on the other side. I want to just remind you, when Jesus was in that tomb, they thought it was over. Oh, no, no, no. Our God can always turn it around. You don't have to respond in fear and doubt and unbelief. No, we need to respond in faith and give God praise because he's bigger. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, or from me, says the Lord. No weapon. I want to tell you, it is no small thing that the Scripture talks about the tongue that rises against you. The tongue is so often used as a weapon. It is the work of the accuser of the brethren. And a lot of the time, that's how we get hurt. We get hurt by things that people said. I can still recant to you things that were said to me 30 years ago. I can tell you things that were said to me when I was a teenager or even a child. Anybody else like that? I mean, you know, and, and, and it's not that I think about it and dwell on it all the time. I'm just saying those things, they stick sometimes. And I just want to encourage you tonight, you can't let those things get the best of you. You got to shake them off. You know, we say that old thing, sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What a bunch of baloney. They sure do hurt. But as a child of God, we don't have to take that in. You know, we just need to turn it over to God. And he's, he's given us this, this promise. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Not even sticks and stones, <laughs> much less words. But sometimes accusations can hurt your reputation. And sometimes... An accusation could even get you fired or it can hurt your relationship with somebody else. But here's what I know. Our God is able to bring victory 
out of those situations where it looks like there's no way. He's able to turn it around. We have to stand in faith and believe what he says. And even in the hard places, in the dark places, in the battle, in the storm, we just have to continue to trust the Lord. And with the shield of faith, we don't, al- we don't allow those fiery darts to get to our heart. But instead, we keep turning it over to the Lord and trusting God to heal us. Now, last week in Acts 27, we talked about how when Paul went through the storm on a ship and, and they finally were shipwrecked, but all 276 people on board were saved. They made it to an island. And we're going to go back, pick up the story in Acts 28. That was my intro. No, not really. I'm just kidding. We're, man, somebody got offended. Shake it off. We're over halfway. Acts 28, we're going to read 1 and 2. Well, we'll read 3, but anyway. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out the island was called Malta, and the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. Wow. These kind people built a fire to help these wet survivors. Verse 3. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. This guy has been through so much already. I mean, he just went through a storm, a terrible storm that lasted weeks where they had given up all hope and then they shipwrecked. They make it to shore. And here's this man of God being the servant. He's gathering wood, putting wood on the fire. And a viper, a poisonous snake, latches on to his hand. Paul, the man of God, on his way to Rome, it has been his heart, his vision, his destiny to go to Rome and to testify to Caesar's household about the Lord Jesus. And he's been through so much, and now he gets bitten by this viper. Why? Why didn't this viper bite one of these ungodly pagans? Why didn't this viper bite one of those soldiers who was wanting to kill all the prisoners, including Paul? Why did this viper latch on to this man of God? Anybody ever wonder, why me? I'm a good little Christian. I'm serving the Lord. I'm trying to do what I'm supposed to do. And this happens to me. What about that ungodly neighbor? How about that person I saw on TV? They're so rich. Everything seems to go right for them. Why does this happen to me? See, some of you, you can find yourself right there with the Apostle Paul. But here's what we learn from the Apostle Paul. So, verse 4, So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. 
It's really interesting, the reaction of the people. They didn't sympathize with Paul. They didn't have compassion for him. They just passed judgment on him. And, you know, it's amazing how that is just human nature. They said, he must be a murderer, you know. He's come through all of this, but now he's going he's gonna to die. This, this is justice. He must be a murderer. We don't know what somebody else is going through. We don't know why they're going through trouble or heartache. And we need to be careful about assuming somebody did something wrong, something bad, just because things went south for them. However it happened, here's what we're supposed to do. Have compassion on people. I have compassion on people who get fired. I don't think I did when I was young. Somebody told me one time that I had a lot of pride. I just knew they were wrong. They just didn't know me. 30 years later, they were right. Because I thought, I thought that I was such a hard worker. There's no way I could ever be fired. I got fired. I'm just telling some of you judging me right now, you better watch out. It'll come to you. I'm not even going to tell you the circumstances. Let me just say it this way, though. A lot of the time, we don't know why things happen to people. And yet, sometimes, just like these people, when something bad happens, we think, oh, well... Their kid's going the wrong way. You know, they just didn't do it right. They didn't, have, they didn't keep their kid in church. They must be, you know, cussing at home and acting a fool in front of their kids. Their kid don't want to serve God because, you know, you better watch out. Somebody ends up getting a divorce. Well, she must be hard to live with. Mm-mm-mm. Don't judge. Don't judge. I see some of you you're, you're you're okay with those three what is it you judge people about I'm just telling you when bad things happen to people when people are going through a hard time it's not our place to judge it's our place to show compassion and to help people and these people boy did they ever miss it this man of God well I don't know Maybe the accuser of the brethren was saying, hey, this guy is a murderer. Remember when he stood by and watched Stephen be stoned to death? Yeah. Well, let's get to it. Acts 28, 5. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. And there it is. You see, when all of that comes, when you've been attacked, when you're going through that battle and it's so hard, sometimes you just got to shake it off. You just got to decide, you know what, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to allow this to get me. I'm going to shake it off. Most people would have responded in fear. I mean, he's bitten by a poisonous snake. Everybody thinks he's going to die. And, you know, ever since the Garden of Eden, there's been this enmity between man and the serpent. I mean, God said there was going to be, right? And, and there's been this enmity between 
man and the serpent. Now, I know some people like to play with snakes. That's just weird <laughs> and unnatural. And, and if that's you, again, if I offended you, please shake it off. I'm, I'm just saying that there's a natural enmity between people and snakes. But how much more when it's a viper, when it's a poisonous snake, like is latched on to the apostle Paul, and he just shakes it off. And I want to encourage you tonight that, you see, whatever that attack is in your life, we need to have that kind of faith where we can shake it off. And let me just clarify to you. I know that there's a battle that comes in your soul. I know that you struggle with those heartaches and those tragedies and those difficult times in life. But I'm telling you, you can't let it get down inside of you and get the best of you. You got to decide that by faith, you're just going to shake it off. He shook it off and he suffered no harm. You know, I think part of the attack of Satan here on the Apostle Paul was fear. You see, that enmity between man and serpent, part of that is, is a fear. And Paul didn't respond with fear, but most people would. And when an attack comes against you, don't respond in fear. Respond in faith. This is not going to get me. This is not going to get me. This isn't over. God's going to get me through. I'm going to come out in victory on the other side. And he shakes it off. Who died? Not Paul. The snake. He burned in the fire. What a way to go. I wonder how Paul felt about that, watching that snake die in the fire. I wonder if he smiled. But he suffered no harm. Most of the time, the greatest harm that we suffer in our soul is when we allow those hurts, those wrongs to get down inside and make us bitter. We allow fear to take over. We get all angry and allow it to change who we are into something we shouldn't be. That's the greatest hurts that happens to us. And I want to say this real clearly. I'm not belittling anybody's hurt. But we can overcome. We can get victory. Sometimes we just have to shake it off. You see, we read these stories. Sometimes it's almost like a fairy tale, you know, or some movie that we watched or something. But we need to realize that this was a real man. And a real poisonous snake had latched onto him. And here's his response. Now, we're talking about a physical snake here, and I realize that there's worse kinds of snakes, right? <laughs> Some people, anyway. I tell you, the enemy of our soul, he uses people. But how weird would it have been if the Apostle Paul said, Oh, a viper's got me. Look at that. Look what happened to me. Let me tell you how bad it hurts. I think I might die. Now, don't, please don't get offended. Some people, they've been snake bit. 
And they walk around saying, look what happened to me. I mean, they don't even have to tell you. They're wearing it. But sometimes they want to. Let me tell you what happened to me. I mean, they'll go on TV. Jerry Springer or Oprah or whatever the new thing is. I don't know. But they want people to know, look what happened to me. I'm not belittling what happened to anybody. What I'm saying is, is that it's not going to get you well. It's not going to get you whole carrying it around, talking about it and telling everybody. I don't care what the cycle babble of the day is. It ain't going to help you to tell everybody in the world about it. What will help you is if you have faith and you trust God and you shake that old thing off into the fire and you decide that your God is able to keep you, that you suffer no harm. It's just as real for you as it was for Paul that you can suffer no harm. And I know that when those things happen, yes, you hurt. Yes, you go through things. But you can come out on the other side in victory, hurts, offenses, failures. Shake it off in the fire. And I, I, I don't say those things without compassion. But I say it with compassion because, as I said, I know how a lot of those things are. I've been there myself. Not everything, but I've been through a lot of things myself, and I understand how difficult it is when you go through a real challenge in life, a real battle and heart, heartache in life. But trust the Lord. Don't allow those things to hang on to you. I've been snake bit so many times in different ways. You know, there's that phrase snake bit it means destined for doom snake bit nothing but bad luck is going to come your way sometimes you might feel that way but you know what we need to we need to turn it around say it doesn't matter doesn't matter i might be snake bit but i'm shaking it off i'm going on with god fear depression disappointment what somebody said to you what somebody did to you shake it off and keep going I tell you this, what kept Paul through that attack of the enemy and through every attack, it was faith. You know, I'm sure that he knew the words of Jesus from Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. No, Paul was not one of the twelve. Some people get confused about that. He was not one of the twelve. But I'm sure that he knew about those words of Jesus because his traveling companion was Dr. Luke. That's right, the same Luke that wrote Luke 10, 19. That was his traveling companion. It was Luke who recorded this story in the book of Acts for us. I'm sure that Paul had heard those words. You'll trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You need to learn that verse. Now, I know some people, they hear that verse, you know, and they think that that means that we're supposed to play with snakes. There is nothing weirder than deceived religious people. Just saying. I know some people come here thinking we got snakes. I hate to disappoint people, but we don't have any. Paul had this sense of destiny 
We went through the shipwreck. He knew that he was going to Rome. And God didn't spare him from a shipwreck so he could die from a snake bite. He had a lot of confidence when he just shakes it off in the fire like nothing happened. And we need that kind of faith and confidence in the Lord that he's not finished with us either, that he's got more for us to do. Acts 28, verse 6. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. These people were so fickle. You don't want anybody saying you're a god, but you know what? It's good when the world watches and after a long time they see that you're still all right. I'll tell you, a lot of the time they're going to be so surprised. They'll just be like, wow. And sometimes they even, may even hope for your demise. See, the time I got fired, Carmen and I were at the Nichols house, our former pastors. A man called and asked Sister Lou if he could come over and talk to me. She said, yeah, come on over. He came in, he sat down, he smiled real big. He said, I'm so glad that you're going through this time, this hard time. I hated to tell him I tried to be compassionate about it, but I said, I'm fine. I'm telling you, I shook it off. When I got fired, I just shook it off, and I wasn't making it up. I was fine. He sure was disappointed. So it may disappoint some people that you come out on the other side, that you're fine, that it didn't get the best of you, that you've made up your mind. You're going to shake it off and go on with God. And I'll tell you, they're going to see. They'll see. Sooner or later, they'll see. No harm came to you. God is more than able to bring you through. And your fate is not dependent on what other people think thought these people thought Paul was a god we'll read on verse 7 in that region there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius who received us and entertained us courteously for three days and it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery Paul went in and prayed for him he laid his hands on him and he healed him so when this was done the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed See, Satan tried to destroy Paul again and again and again, but God turned the whole thing around into this evangelistic opportunity where that whole island heard the gospel. That whole island knew about Jesus because of that shipwreck, because of that snake bite. I'm telling you, that whole, whole island was never the same after that. You see, what Satan means for harm in your life and the attacks, the storms, the battles, the snake bites that you go through, God can turn it for good if you'll have faith and trust him. The very thing that the enemy sends to destroy you, God can use to raise you up. See, Paul was a prisoner on a ship. Who's he? Oh, some weird religious guy down there talking about Jesus or something. 
And when that shipwreck happened, exactly as Paul said it would, and everybody, all 276 people were saved, he wasn't a weird religious guy anymore. And those islanders who called him a murderer when he got snake bit, You see, when no, no harm came to him, he wasn't a murderer anymore. I'm just telling you that sometimes the very things that you go through are going to be the things that God uses to raise you up with a testimony that people will hear and listen to because of what you went through. You see, it doesn't have to be your defeat. It can ultimately be your victory. That's how big our God is. Verse 10, he says, They also honored us in many ways, and when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. I just want to remind you, you can go back and read it, but in the shipwreck, they lost everything. Wow. Everything. They lost everything. What's that like? But now... They provided such things as were necessary. God makes a way. They lost everything, but now they have everything they need to continue on their journey. I just want to say, whatever you go through, God will take care of you if you'll trust him. Stay with me. We're going to pray.